You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered. Listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Kelsey Peace. This is WFHB Local News for Tuesday, February 6, 2024. Typically, the bats are nesting on a wall or just laying there for us to walk up to. Later in the program, WFHB environmental correspondent Robert Scholl speaks with Dan Vest, Monroe County Animal Management Officer. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, we have Little Bub's Little Show, a co-production between WFHB and Little Bub's Big Fun. But first, your local headlines. The Bloomington Board of Public Works approved the lane, sidewalk, alley, and road closure request from Milestone Contractors for the Clear Creek Tunnel Project at their meeting on January 30th. This project, previously known as the Hidden River Pathway Project, aims to prevent flooding downtown on Kirkwood Avenue. Public Works Director Adam Wason shared the history and need for the project. This is... um Jane, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe one of the final phases of the downtown portions of the Clear Creek um, stormwater culvert construction projects. Um, it's also been last. The last phase was referred to as the Hidden River project. Um, but so this is the culmination of, I believe, now the fifth or sixth phase of all of these projects that go all the way down to First and Walnut. So um, when we talk about the f- uh, Jane, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. You'll, yeah, thank you. Um, so, right. the, you know, this is a, this is one of the major portions of the project that um, is part of the series of projects that will complete this overall stormwater project for the downtown. So, when we talk about the downtown flooding instances of uh, 2019, 20. Well, 2019, I think, was the last big downtown flood, maybe. Um, you know, this is all in an effort to increase that capacity throughout the downtown to get the stormwater uh, away from the downtown and to keep Kirkwood from flooding. This phase of the Clear Creek Tunnel project will affect the area around Dunn Street and Indiana Avenue, where they meet Kirkwood Avenue. Kyle Baugh, an engineering field specialist on the project, talked about the project timeline. I know the start of the project is looking uh, beginning of February, uh, ending around mid-August, and then the engineering right-of-way team is looking at those uh, sensitive times, move out, um, you know, weekends where graduation, yeah, where we'll have an influx of people from out of town that might not be familiar with those routes. Thomas Gott, the Milestone Project Manager, interjected that the planned shutdown on Indiana Avenue will be between May and June, when most college students are off campus. Wason added that the construction timeline could impact Bloomington businesses and festivals, but the board is in communication with the downtown business owners and organizers. 
there are conversations happening right now with the Economic and Sustainable Development Department and the other downtown stakeholders, restaurants, businesses about what um, could be possible in terms of this summer. Um, we've also been working with the special event folks, so um, trying to coordinate those special events that utilize Kirkwood and the timing of this. Um, you know, Pride's not going to be in the same footprint that they probably have been over the last couple of years because of this. Um, we're hopeful that Fourth Street Arts Festival by Labor Day is not going to have any impacts that will be back open by then. Um, you know, Grand Falloon being further down on Kirkwood can, you know, so we'll be we'll be working with all those event organizers. Board member Kyla Cox Deckard added that this project, though disruptive, is necessary to maintain the downtown area. Yeah, I think just to echo um, Adam's points, we realize that this will affect uh, some of our what has become, you know, summertime traditions uh, in this particular stretch. But it is a major infrastructure project that has to be done to preserve the space that we enjoy um, there. So, uh, you know, recognizing that that is going to have those impacts temporarily for this summer. Um, look forward to having this final phase of the project complete. The board members approved the lane, sidewalk, alley, and road closure request from Milestone Contractors for the Clear Creek Tunnel project. The Board of Public Works will meet again on February 13th. On January 29th, the Monroe County Commissioners and the Monroe County Plan Commission met to discuss House Bill 11-08. The bill would allow developers to build on slopes that are up to 25%. Commissioner Julie Thomas began the meeting by suggesting they start by coming up with compromises or revisions they could propose. I think I think the question before us is if there are compromises or revisions that we anybody would like to propose and we can get that hopefully to the bill, um, well, at least to the people who have the bill. Uh, I'm not sure that it's going to get in the bill. Um, so I think that may be a good place to start. Director of the Planning Department, Jackie Jellin, shared that the bill would impact the local law the commissioners made, that development can only be built on a slope of up to 15% in some areas and up to 18% in others. Because it will impact a local law passed by the commissioners. Uh, we wanted to convene a group here to see if there were uh, if there was a consensus for the types of amendments that we might want to see in, in that bill. So I will include just some information that I provided in, um, I think I've provided in the testimony, but also just in um, just putting some notes together for this bill. So one discussion point could be uh, questioning the 25% slope threshold. I listened to the um, House meeting where Representative Paul uh, was presenting, and he referenced the 2007 Indiana Stormwater Quality Manual, and in it, it says 15% slope um, is of concern, and then it says 25% slope should be avoided altogether. So he stated that 25% was chosen because it's stated as uh, avoided altogether. During his own testimony and um, other information from other folks that came and spoke, there was justification for, I believe, 18% slope. Even he said 19% slope would change that to 20% when he was testifying in front of the House for a vote. 
So I haven't heard anything about 20 to 25 percent. So and so if there were to be an amendment, I don't know that anyone has provided support up to 25 percent. So so Mm -hmm. there was a concern or um, request to ask that to be lowered. The commissioners and the plan commission discussed alternatives to the wording of the bill. Commissioner Penny Giffen shared why she is concerned about the bill. Climate scientists anticipate that there are going to be more severe weather occurrences. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to mean heavier rainfalls at times, Mm -hmm. which will lead to more runoff and silt. And that's not, you know, we should be be tightening up, not loosening our restriction on these things. And and I, I think it would be important to to share some of that i mean i can i can share that with with shelly i can share that with others but i i just I, we're we're ignoring what the future may look like john suggested that if the bill does pass there will be a new stormwater management ordinance in the spring that they can attempt to address the consequences of the bill um we are in discussions on our new stormwater management ordinance i have a deadline of july 1st to pass it that's according to the state um so this spring, we will be seeing a new stormwater management ordinance for the county, and I think it's worth a discussion to see what considerations we should put into that ordinance if, if this bill passes. Yeah. The special meeting was concluded with no future meetings scheduled at this point. In today's feature report, WFHB environmental correspondent Robert Scholl speaks with Dan Vest, Monroe County Animal Management Officer, about animal control, what his job entails, and how much he loves his job. We turn to Robert Scholl for more. This is Robert Scholl. I'm here talking with Dan Vest. Uh, Dan, what is your job? I am a special deputy with the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, work the Animal Management Division. All right. Well, I see you have the sheriff's uniform on, so it's only because I can see your your, uh, patch. Wait, I thought I saw a patch that said Animal Control Officer, but I don't see one. No, I don't wear one. It's uh, Animal Management, Animal Welfare. All right. And since you're... Dressed as a sheriff, I'm guessing that uh, a good bit of your time is law enforcement and some of it's animal management. It is pretty much all animal management, uh, but I do have full arrest powers. Uh, we do investigation into animal care, animal neglect. Uh, that's the reason that we are special deputies, to investigate those cases. Right. Okay. And... Um, so how many uh, animal uh, management officers are there? There's three of us in this division. All right. Can you handle it? I mean, what would happen? Uh, well, let's talk about first what area you cover, the county presumably, but uh, does that have uh, f- f- a lot of forest and, uh, and hard-to-get-to places that you have to be concerned about? At times, we do cover all public and private property. Yeah. Uh, if there's an animal in need, then we are called, uh, whether that be for injury or uh, stray at large, uh, livestock, wildlife, domestic animals. Right. So uh, is most of it you can just drive to it and get out of your car and handle it, or do you actually have to go 
uh, off-road off uh, to get to some of these? For the most part, uh, we can reach it just from the vehicle, locate the animals. We, we do have access to a side-by-side for those harder-to-get-to places. A side-by-side is? A utility, off-road utility vehicle. Okay, yeah. As well as uh, I have a drone for other instances that Ooh, we cannot that get to fun, to yeah. get up in the air a little bit and uh, try to locate wounded or injured animals. So you're pretty proficient with a drone. Uh, or do you have to bring in a drone specialist? No, I, I uh, fly it myself, and I don't have a lot of experience with it, but uh, it does come in handy at times. Right. You come across to some dangerous animals, any like snakes or... We do deal with snakes. A deer uh, in a rut. A deer in rut. Injured uh, wildlife. You never know what they're going to do when you're trying to assist them. Uh, not to mention scared or aggressive dogs that we deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, how about that? You, you try and trap them or shoot them with a dart, or how do you get a, under control? Uh, most of the time we do trap. Uh, we have a lot of training in trying to handle aggressive animals, uh, so we use that training to our advantage right. uh, on how to read the animals and knowing what they're likely to do next. I can see that can be pretty interesting. Uh, once you get them in a trap, what would you do with them? Uh, we would load the trap into the vehicle. Oh, yeah, and uh, then? And then it would go to our Bloomington Animal Shelter. Okay, and we don't know what happens after that. That's not your responsibility. Correct. It is not my responsibility. Uh, but we do make sure that, you know, we do everything we can to try to locate the owners of the animal and get them reunited. Yeah, if they have a chip, for example. It Correct. It makes it easier. And you know? they do a uh, lost report to where they'll hold the animal for a period of time uh, before it goes up for adoption to see if the owner comes forward looking for it. Uh, do you have any cases you can remember that's kind of sad, maybe you lose some sleep over? Yes. <laughs> there has been a few of those, but any time that you're dealing with helpless animals and their treatment and or, you know, their injuries that you have to deal with and uh, see on a fairly regular basis. Sounds like you're talking about some of these people who have way too many animals they don't, aren't taking care of. That does happen. It's it's really not as often as you might think. Uh, I mentioned that we deal with animal abuse, neglect, and, and that is on a rare occasion. I'm going to take a short break here to remind listeners that this is Robert Shaw talking with Dan Vest, who is a animal management, management, officer. management officer with, with the uh, Sheriff's Department in Monroe County. All right, back to our conversation here. What do you think would happen if, if you just sort of disappeared, you and the other, your two other uh, officers, it just disappeared over a period of 10 years? If we didn't have animal management officers, what would happen? The unfortunate thing is there would be uh, a lot more animals not receiving the care that they should. That would grow into a bigger problem. The number of stray animals. Uh, would definitely increase and create a big issue. Stray animals. Uh, dogs, yeah, cats, yeah. Uh, becoming feral. Uh -huh. uh, there would be quite the population of feral dogs and cats for so the most part. You play a, a very important role in keeping uh, animals under control. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, keeping them under control, the numbers down, uh, trying to make sure that they get homed is our big thing as well as, like I say, you know, looking out for those that need our help, 
everything that we do is in the best interest of the animals. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not always a great outcome, but, uh, you know, we, we do everything we can. And like I say, whatever it is, we feel is in the best interest of the animal. And I'm curious about how you got into this. I mean, it sounds like a kind of an ideal job for some people. Uh, how did you find your way into this job? Well, as just within life, I, I lucked out. Uh, <laughs> I've been pretty lucky and very fortunate in the things that I've done throughout my career. I'd worked several years for myself, and I had sold my business. Uh, I'd taken some time off to uh, work on things for myself and build a house, and I wasn't quite ready to go back to work yet, but uh, I saw this position come available, so I couldn't hardly pass the opportunity up. You were living here at the time. That is correct. You saw that position come over, and you said, look at this. And your wife right. said, whoa. <laughs> uh, she actually thought, wow, that is right up your alley. That's where you need to be. Because she knew you're an animal person. Then. Oh, absolutely. And outdoorsman. I so, love being outside and working with the animals. Is that a call for your? That is not for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my radio is going off here in the background. Right. You got your little radio up there on your shoulder. Every so often somebody whispers in your, right. in your ear. So uh, what what do you think about uh, animal control officer as a career? Uh, young people who like animals, is this a pretty good uh, way to go? Oh, it's a great way to go. Yeah, I love the position. I love the job. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's there's a lot of things that you see that you would rather not, uh, but it is what it is. And like I say, you know, we are there to try to help those animals that uh, are in bad positions. Yeah, yeah. How about other counties in this state? Do you know uh, whether they have adequate management of animals? I am only aware of one or two other counties that uh, have officers in the position that we have. Uh, most other counties either have animal control, uh, which a lot of that is just uh, driving the streets and picking up strays. Uh-huh. Dog uh, catcher. A dog catcher, in a sense, yeah. I hate to use that term, dog catcher. Well, that's, not, basically that's, that's far from what you are. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, It's along those same lines, but uh, with additional duties. Right. Can you tell me anything else um, any interesting stories that you've had recently or even when you first came on, you know, when you were pretty new at the job, did, did you get some shocks? Uh, shocks for sure, yeah. Uh, with the job interview and the job description, whenever I came aboard, did not prepare me for some of the things that I was actually doing, uh, some of the things that I see and some of the cases that I would deal with. Well, it's probably hard to predict, uh, to give somebody a heads up. And it is. Yeah, you cannot sit and tell anybody the uh, entire job description on what they may expect because it's going to be completely different the next day. So what were, what, what was one of your surprises? Your... Uh, some of the surprises is uh, good and bad. Uh, again, there's not near the abuse, neglect, as I was anticipating coming in, uh-huh. which is a great thing. Uh, we deal with a lot more wildlife than I anticipated, uh, sick, injured. Uh, I should think that them. a lot of those would be deer. Uh, deer. Uh, most of what we deal with is uh, 
animal versus vehicle injuries uh-huh. that we try to help the animal get it to a good place. Uh, and there's, unfortunately, oftentimes we have to dispatch the animal and put it down. Right. Now, if it's not deer hunting season and you come across a a roadkill, is it uh, against the law to take it and butcher it? No, it is not, actually. Uh, you get you call our department through the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, and we can get a wildlife possession permit for anybody that uh, has use for the deer or the meat. And we're always happy to do that to see that it does not go to waste, and, and that happens fairly often. Right. Do you have anything to do with um, bird life? We do. Any vertebrae animal that needs any type of assistance, we're there. No, I say birds. Birds. Okay, any kind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, How about bats? Yes, we deal with bats. Uh, typically, if a bat gets in somebody's house. Uh, oh, that should be fun. <laughs> danger, we will go in and uh, remove the bat from the home. How do you got a net, like a butterfly net? or? We do. Uh, the misconception with bats is their aggression or wanting to bite. Yeah. Uh, typically, the bats are nesting on a wall or just laying there for us to walk up to, pick up, and carry it out and release it outside. Right. And uh, there are some bat caves around where at night there are going to be a lot of bats out there. There are. There's uh we we don't deal a whole lot with that. Again, mainly you know with the bats or wildlife inside of. Uh, residential area, we'll go in and remove them. Well, Dan, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I certainly appreciate your taking time off to come in here and let other people know that there is somebody out there taking care of things. And I love to see that you are so happy in your job. Well, thank you. (laughs) And, you know, we get a lot of welfare checks as well. I'd kind of like to put that out there, especially this time of year. if you have a concern, especially for a domestic animal, please uh, let us know. We're always happy to check on it. Again, most often it's it's nothing, but uh, we would surely rather check and it be nothing than to let something go that uh, should be concerning. So if they're going online to try to find a phone number to call, what's the uh, URL? It is on the uh, Monroe County's website, yes. And speaking of the welfare checks, we are getting colder weather. Uh, horses and cows, they do live outside. Uh, if it's a concern, call us. But if you see a cow standing out in the middle of a pasture and it's 20 degrees out, I assure you that cow is fine. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Dan. Well, thank you for having me. Up next, we have Little Bub's Little Show, a co-production between WFHB and Little Bub's Big Fun. We turn now to that segment on WFHB Local News. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here's today's featured animal. 
Freya is a bully breed mixed dog, a little over three years old. The City of Bloomington Animal Shelter describes her as an absolute treasure. She came to the shelter with her younger sister and nursing seven rowdy puppies. Now she's single and ready to mingle. Freya is thriving in a foster home with another dog and cats, and her foster guardians think very highly of her. If you're looking for a serious snuggler who's chock full of kisses, Freya might be the one for you. If you're interested in meeting Freya, please reach out to the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. According to the Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine, cases of canine respiratory disease that do not respond to regular treatment protocols have been increasingly reported across the country. Affected dogs experience a longer and more severe disease course than is typical for canine infectious respiratory disease complex. A common cause or set of causes have not been determined. Common signs of respiratory disease to watch out for include coughing, sneezing, labored breathing, nose or eye discharge, fatigue, and decreased appetite. It is recommended to avoid high-risk situations for dogs, such as boarding kennels, dog parks, and doggy daycare facilities, if you are unsure about the health status of other dogs in those environments. It is also recommended to avoid sharing dog bowls, toys, or chewable treats between dogs. It is important to ensure that dogs are up to date on their routine vaccinations. Checking with a veterinarian is advised if pet owners are unsure of their dog's immunization history. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com.
You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Elise Perry and Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Robert Scholl. Little Bub's Little Show is produced by Kristen Brackenoff and Stacy Brodowski. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, this is Kelsey Peace. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Spectrum, a program exploring the worlds of science and technology. Coming up next on WFHB. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB local news volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB local news archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB local news. We are local, longer, 